There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to a selection of the best from late lunch this first week in March. Nicola Burns, CEO of Cloud90, returned to late lunch for a catch-up on a range of topics. Now, it's been too long, but better late than never sums up how I'm feeling this afternoon ahead of renewing acquaintance with the CEO of Cloud90, President of the Irish Exporters Association and all-round good sort, Nicola Byrne. Welcome back to Late Lunch. Thank you very much. It's Thank you for joining me. <laughs> and you know something? I was having a gander or a wander down uh, memory lane. Look at those notes for you. November 2011. God, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that, please. But you know something? I was just looking in, in the brief here, you know, the, and these were my notes. Uh, t- November 2011, the economy's on its ass. Oh, <laughs> that really going was. to 23%. Then you were back. I saw more notes here, 2016. Now, you've been back, uh, of course, in and out between. But uh, at that stage, there was a more positive outlook. I was just looking at my notes here. You know, things were starting to really pick and up everything again. Everything I said there came true. Came true. <laughs> you should listen. Well, actually, an oracle. No, no, no. You should be running this country. I said this to you before. I, look, might as well start there. Why? Why have you, or have you ever considered, you know, political? No, I did. I, I was with the PDs for a while and I ran in the local elections in 2002. But, you know, three young kids, business starting at the same time. Uh, it didn't work out on that occasion, only by a handful of votes. Um, country was in changing, you know, it was kind of the end of uh, of an era. And, uh, and just sometimes timing and you make choices. And my choices have always been to spread myself too thin and try and do too much. And you can't take on everything. You can't fix the world. So, uh, so I, 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 I honed myself back a bit and, uh, and tried to get myself focused and staying, creating jobs. And So, but for those it. handful of votes... I mightn't be talking to you because we no. don't do politics on this show. You could have been no. gone an entirely different road. But look, oh, it yeah. didn't happen and you are where you are. But while we're on the political landscape, what do you make of, you know, the, the election and what it's thrown up and the surge to Sinn Féin? I don't think it's a surge to Sinn Féin. I think it's just, it was just one of those random things where it was a surge left, definitely. And I think people are tired after a very long recession. They're very hard working. I think people are just frustrated. I don't think anyone thinks our country's broken and needs any radical overhaul. I think the problem is social media divides people into every voice being equal and the election just reflected that. Um, we're, we're a country that are too small not to talk to each other. We're a country that are, you know, managed to see our neighbours ahead of what's happening on social media as people. And I think it's really important that we all keep talking. 
I think the only way to come into all these negotiations, much as I don't like the way some of it is going in terms of aggression and bullying and dishonesty, I would like to see to everyone come to the table with open hands because in dialogue, everything fixes and everyone's voice should be heard. There's no point discounting that, you know, your grief is less than mine or mine is more than yours. Everyone has to come to the table and find the middle. Uh, polar views won't stand we're, we're too small a country. You can get away with it in big countries, not in little countries. Nicola Barron calls for a national government on late lunch this afternoon yeah. <laughs> with everybody involved. But listen, everybody hey, involved. it would not be a bad thing, but no. it's looking like it's going to be Tweedledum and Tweedledee, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, probably with your Green Party as well in there somewhere. Well, you know, I nearly prefer to see Labour in there mm. um, rather than the Greens. I mean, there's a global agenda for that. You know, the way we don't need to be tackling locally. We're the greenest island in the world. I mean, God's sake, we have the best everything. <laughs> best, like, best air, best... I mean, I guess there's always small, tiny things we could be doing better. Our EPA are incredible. Um, our common sense is off the charts. We, we're, we're fantastic. We're professional. We're educated. We care about each other. We're quite socialist naturally. It doesn't matter what party you're in government. We're naturally socialist as, as, a, as an island. I think we've got a lot wrong. I think, you know, it's stirred up by the media in lots of different ways now. I think everyone should be heard, but everyone has to recognise we can't fix all the problems simultaneously. We have to prioritise and work backwards. And I don't think he who shouts loudest is necessarily right with the agenda either. I think Brexit and farmers are the biggest agenda. And you can see after the results of the election that they don't even get a look in. Nobody gives a damn. No, no. And and Brexit kind of a nothing in it. And it's the scariest thing you're ever going to see in your lifetime. Well, well, I'm going to come on to that in a moment. Before I leave the political political uh, vein. Uh, when you think of the women who lost their seats, Regina Doherty here locally, Mary Mitchell O'Connor, uh, Catherine Zappone, the Minister for Children, and we mentioned Shane Ross as a man who lost a seat as well. Do you think that's a reflection of, you know, where somebody takes ministerial office and they're punished for it by their local constituents? Uh, no, I actually think a lot of those people uh, were hurt by social media as opposed to what they were doing in reality. Really? Yeah, I think there's a lot of damage down to social media. Um, I don't honestly believe if you if you saw the work rate of these ladies. And the other thing women make a fatal mistake of doing is they didn't take credit the whole way along. Like you walk into every building that's or every business that's ever been set up for a man, there's a picture of a man as you walk into the building. I've never seen a female business or a female minister pick, put a picture of themselves at the door. Just doesn't happen. And it's little differences between men and women. We don't take credit. We go into interview and we don't speak highly of ourselves and we're not eye specialists. You know, I did this and I did that. And I think the electorate, because it's so busy and noisy out there we didn't communicate that these women were working because we're not natural eye specialists and you get punished because it doesn't look like you were doing anything where the likes of Mary Lou is a perfect eye specialist I've solved the planet I'm running the country I'm running the world I'm running everything and she's a great ambassador for what women should be and I'm not saying I agree with her politics but what I am saying is she's a great eye specialist and I did this and I did that and I'll do the other for you where Normal women don't do that. They step back and they don't get recognised. Yes. So I think social media has a lot to blame because we're not natural promoters unless you're Beyonce or, you know, on Instagram, like Kim Kardashian. You know, there, there's very few people built like that and mm. particularly not women. It, it's an anomaly as opposed to the normal. What about gender quotas while we're on it? Well, we did this the last day. I used to complain about them and think it was wrong, but maybe we do need it. There's a huge amount of talented women out there at the moment. I mean, I've never seen professional women coming through the ranks now from, you know, from kind of 20 years of age up to 70. The women are knocking it out of the park. Um, Maybe it is time to give quotas a chance because 
the, the standard system hasn't worked. And yes, we got more people to run for election, but no, we didn't get them elected. Maybe we need even more. There you are. And uh, uh, more women we do need. And it was a yeah. big disappointment to see so so many losing out and, and, and the numbers falling away. Yeah. Um, corona. Well, do you know something? <laughs> it's one of those amazing things in life that one crisis just replaces another. So a couple of things have happened with Corona. One, I am not underestimating the power of a virus to wipe the whole planet out. Um, Nobody should take our lives for granted. Like these invisible things have always been grand. These germs have always been coming at us since the day we've been created on the planet uh, to the day we die, we'll we'll face them and our bodies will cope. Um, Do I think it's something we can't handle. No, I think basic common sense and hand washing and keeping everything in perspective. I think vulnerable people will have to be extra cautious. I think we'll do a great job. Um, I'm starting to sound like Trump. We'll do a great job of this. Um, But it's true. I think, you know, two cases, it has the potential to shut the world down. Um, And if the virus takes any kind of evolutionary turn again, um, it, it could be like Spanish flu. 50 million people died. Um, so there's a lot to be scared of. But on the on the resources and the stock, there is a huge pipeline problem coming. Like China has stopped producing. Their their production went, you know, from at the top of, say, say 100 at maximum output. They're down at one, you know, and they literally have stopped all production and well, all shipping and that. all everything. I was talking to a, a prominent guy in a multinational yeah. just yesterday and he was telling me they rely on China for sourcing key ingredients to Absolutely. what they do. Nil. Nil. It's stopped. And they're in real trouble, he said. Mm. Now, you see, because of Brexit, everybody was stockpiling anyway. So there's a tiny bit of wiggle room for maybe two weeks of the supply stopping. But China is nearly stopped a month now. And the stuff isn't moving. It's not flying. It's not being transported. I mean, it's a little bit moved to air freight. But in general, I think the world repercussion of China stopped. You know, China produces 25% of all the manufacturing in the world. Them stopping for a month, it, it's unheard of. Um, Brexit has given Ireland and the UK an, an unusual buffer because we were all stockpiling anyway. So for medicines and ingredients and everything. But that's we're, we're kind of running out of those 14 days now and we're starting to hit problems. So I don't know what's going to happen. I have a word written here in my notes. It's called globalisation. And, you know, it's the, been the buzzword for, you know, from I started work a few years after that. And this is the way things were going. This is a real downside. of it. Well, yes, but globalisation lifted the tide for everybody. You had food you've never had. You had jobs you've never had. You create trade, it lifts all boats. Trade lifts all boats. So I'm not going to knock globalisation. Um, what it'll do is it'll force people to finish with their just-in-time systems and to stockpile. You know, so everyone was cutting back on stockpiling because they could take it off the balance sheet, save themselves some money, make more profits. I think all that will have to be revisited in light of this. Um, I think it will hurt some businesses a lot more. I think that the logistics companies are really going to suffer. I think transport companies, I think people, uh, you know, from manufacturing jobs trying to feed themselves globally, it's a crisis. Governments will have to step in somewhere along the, 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 the process and, uh, and put in a resilience plan because there isn't one there now. We've Doesn't never it show seen like you this. how vulnerable we are as a species? Totally vulnerable. Like we do go around believing we control everything and we don't believe we should die. And social media tells you, well, you know, you should be this and you should be that. In reality, we're human beings and we're at the will of our bodies. And, you know, viruses are going to keep coming. And that's before we've even got into germ warfare or looked at anything like 
But the human body is one of the most spectacular creations, which just makes us so successful. You see the panic that ensues. And I'm sure you've seen it where you live as well. We've seen it here. You know, uh, today there's rumours that the school in Meath, you know, the school on lockdown in County Meath. And, uh, you know, I can bet your bottom dollar that supplies to stores and outlets in the area will be depleted instantaneously. Well, the HSE this morning on the news, which I went to listen to this morning because of this, said the truest thing ever is that there's only one place to go for information and that's hse.ie. And unless somebody stands you in a hall or a room or knocks on your door or phones you or sends a note home from school, then you don't know the facts because the internet is just full of fake Mm. everything. And you have no authority or no expertise to put it in perspective. And yeah, admittedly, every now and then I think, God, am I just being, you know, unnaturally calm? Because we've always had hand sanitizers in the office and we're always cleaning the desk because call centre, a virus goes through and wipes out the whole place. (laughs) So it's never the right place to be. But, you know, you do have to try and draw yourself back to, look, I'm here with you. You know, we hugged, we shook hands. I haven't gone around using sanitizer the second we've done that. So we're not that bothered. You know that way? If I was really bothered, would I come in and speak into my... I don't know if you've sprayed or sanitised your microphone. I'm now looking at it suspiciously. <laughs> You're all right, but, Nicola. You're all but right. But if you live like that, you, you know, yes. you'll worry yourself to death. Absolutely. And you kind of got to take your chances while taking really careful precautions. And like basic soap, you know, the mm. old Luxbara mm. soap. Get your hands out Me and start granny's washing. carbolic. Garlic, that's oh, it. Oh, sure, oh, Lord, I can that. smell it. Can you smell <laughs> yeah, it? I can smell, I can it. smell it as we sit here bar. today. Oh, holy oh, God. Yeah. Memories, memories. Oh, Nicola Barnes, she's a breath of fresh air. She's with us, our special guest on Late Lunch today. Stay with us on the show. You mentioned just before the break there, you know, uh, in the political context of the way the women were bashed on social media and it was a big factor in them not being re-elected. So let's talk about your core business. You're CEO of Cloud90. I know. And your job is just tell the listeners what you do. We read the internet in real time for global businesses around the world. And we read every single post that somebody publishes and we work out a risk analysis over it. And then we action it to the right person at the right time in the right place. But we read it all in real time. And is this business is looking for negativity directed at them, a positivity? It's looking for all of it. Everything. So so, so we do live sentiment. So we decide based on a set of rules because sentiment has perspective. I know that's going to sound really complex to a listener. So it's as simple as this. Um, If I'm one bank and there's a house repossession, I want to mark sentiment from the customer's perspective, which says a house repossession is negative. But when you're the bank, that's part of your core job. So you mark sentiment as neutral because that's what you're supposed to do. You know, so from my perspective, I'm doing my job. And from your perspective, my job is horrible and you hate me. So you choose a perspective and each client comes in and tells us the rule by which they judge sentiment or how the public judge sentiment to them. And from there, we assign, you know, whether it's positive, neutral or negative. Then we decide if it's something that needs to be actioned. Now, it might be something good. So in my office, that tweet you just did now, that'll be seen because my name is monitored by myself. And that'll come in to a person and they'll decide if I should see that. And because it's live, they'll probably send me an email and I have a choice then to whether I want to retweet it or ignore it. But they'll tell me. Now, there's lots of other things that are said about me that I never need to see. You know, that people just took a picture of you or you're at an event and you're named in it. Um, And then I don't care. But the ones I need to take in action, we pick out the stuff that needs actions when we send it. So good stuff goes one way, bad stuff goes another. But the risks are vast. Everybody needs this. Oh, it's brilliant. I love it so much. Everybody needs this because like when you... you, you And of course, then businesses take those uh, sentiments or whatever and they action them in various ways through their business strategy, etc. 
Well, you see, if the banking app goes down, everybody needs to know. So yeah. customer service needs to know, marketing needs to know, mm. PR needs to know, legal needs to know, and IT need to fix it. So the one piece of data affects five different people or maybe 50 different people. So it's knowing which data affects just one person or which data affects everybody. So... And you work with business? Yes, we work with just businesses. So let's so, take it into the public sphere to yes. individuals. Oh, You yes. haven't been on Twitter since Christmas. No. So I've been just busy. <laughs> Simple as. Simple as. I've just been busy. And because I work in this and I see the same ranters and the same lunatics and the same negative people across millions of dashboards. So when, you know, something bad happens, everybody's an expert. And what I'm trying to say to clients is actually, look, they're an expert on banking. They're an expert on gas. They're an expert on energy. They're an expert on uh, food. They're an expert on they're just an expert. And they're shouting really loudly. But because the Internet's so big, I basically go, well, look, they're only shouting and it feels personal to you. So the thing I use most is Father Ted, big cow, small cow. Do you know that one? Yes. So Ted (laughs) says to Dougal and he's got a toy cow in his hand. He goes, Dougal. These are small cows and the ones out there are far away. Small cow, far away. And poor Dougal's sitting there going, no, don't get it. Because they look the same. But what social media has done, it's taken that far away cow and it's sat it on your lap. So when somebody says something mean to you on the internet or about you on the internet, your cow is that bad thing. And you eat your dinner because your phone's in your hand with that cow sitting in your lap. And then you go to the toilet and the cow comes with you and you go to work and you think everyone could see the cow that's sitting with you. But the only person that can see it is you because that's all that's coming to your telephone. And although somebody might have said it in the far remote, distant corner of the Internet, it doesn't mean anyone else has ever seen it. Just you have. And you go around believing that perspective. So what my job is to do in our business is to take that big cow and put it back out in the field and put it back to where it belongs with perspective to go, look, I know you think this is important and you're making all your decisions today based on the fact that you think everyone could see the cow sitting on your lap. But the only person who sees that cow is you and those other 10 people over here in this corner of the Internet. In the real world, nobody's seen it. Are you all listening? Have you all listened to what Nicola Barn has just said? Because that is... That has just crystallised it for me and I'm sure for many people as well. Because, you know, you said there, everyone has an opinion and there's a derogatory word I could use there that I'm sure you've heard in the past (laughs) about having an opinion. But you know what I mean? When we hadn't got this platform, we didn't have these issues. No. And we certainly like if I the amazing thing about social media is if I walked in here and broke a window, you'd fix it. But if I go on the internet and I, I, I kick your head in horribly and verbally, everyone's going, oh, it's all right, you're right to your opinion. And I'm thinking, no, you don't have a right to your opinion. That's my reputation. That's my business. They're my staff. And you don't get to go off on one just because you're in a bad mood and you're not taking your little cow and making it a big cow for me. That might get me fired because people will think, oh, did you not sort that out? And I was thinking, I did, but there's a lunatic shouting at me on the internet. So I've turned off my uh, Twitter account. That doesn't mean I don't look in, but I spend all my day opening everyone's alerts and having a look at all the different risks. So, you know, from millions of different clients, a lot of state clients, a lot of private business, a lot of corporates, a lot of PLCs. There's no type. We work in the UK. We work for Everyman Cinemas and uh, and they own very nice high end cinemas in the UK. And we walk, watch all their risk. You know, and there's no type of client. It could be a, a builder. It could be a bank. It can be a cinema. It can be a food company. There's no type. But what is more frustrating is everybody believes they see 
the internet. But every 4,000 posts that you read, giving each post 30 seconds, is 33 hours of your life. 4,000 posts. Imagine how many little information is in 4,000 posts out of a trillion every day. Absolutely wasted. And yet they'll tell you, especially in this game, oh, it's the way to go. If, you, if you're not, you know, breaking records on social media these days here, mm-hmm. well, you're not doing the business. And, and you know, real life is still real life. It's like living in Avatar. I, I, I Honestly, I come into the office and everyone's like, do you see this? Do you see this? And I'm like going, what are you all on? Mm. This is real life. People, contact, touching, kissing, hugging, making love. That's all real. This other stuff, it is just a mind game and it's it's playing with people's heads and it's upsetting them so much. It is changing all the perspective and all the lunacy that's out there. Coronavirus, if anyone's going to cope with it, we are an island. It is very easy to shut our island down and it's very easy for us to wash his hand and disinfect everything. Look at foot and mouth. Best country in the world. Yes. Best farmers in the world. Best customers in the world. Best visitors to your farms in the world. Best practice at everything. We're built for this. It's not a drama. And I'm I, confident. I have, the I have what your song. Wrong? I have your song in my head. <laughs> Back to life. <laughs> Back to reality. We'll have to get that out and play it today because this is just fantastic. I am so enjoying this. One last thing because yes. we've got a minute before we go to break and you're staying with me, please. Okay. Uh, would you... Uh, I spoke to our uh, monthly panel with our Women with Opinions last Friday about this type of issue and the bullying and everything that goes on. Would Shut you them. make it compulsory, like opening a bank account or going for a passport or getting a visa or an ESTA or whatever, that you have to produce something to open a social media account? Yes, but the complexity of that is the Americans have decided you have a right to anonymity. But I absolutely and totally believe, just like I have a passport and a birth cert, just like I have a driving license, just like I have to prove my PPS number when even getting a driving license, I absolutely believe we have to be able to identify. Now, in the UK, there's completely different laws. So we spend an awful lot of time getting harm off the internet. Mm. Um, So we know all the rules of all the platforms. We negotiate with platforms on a case-by-case basis. You don't need a lawyer. You don't need a solicitor. You need to talk to us. And we have lots of precedents. Like we have, whether... It's an employee being attacked or whether it's a director or a customer. It doesn't matter what type. Once it's harm and it breaks a rule, we're in. Nicola Byrne is with us on Late Lunch and I believe she stopped several wobbles already this afternoon <laughs> on the show. But here I'm holding a key ring with, um, let me say it's a key ring and there's a little circular plastic end in it with stop a wobble on it. Yeah, stop a wobble. What is this? It's the stop a wobble. I've just stopped the microphone wobble with a little stop a wobble. <laughs> <She> has. <laughs> we have a microphone here, the green one, and you know, it keeps tipping oh, towards the guest. And Nicola put stop a wobble underneath it and yeah. she won't tip anymore. No, so last year, or could even be the year before last, <laughs> the kids came in in their school year. My daughter and another director's daughter came in and... Uh, uh, son, so it's a boy and a girl, and they were 16. And we posed them the problem because they didn't want, they've always come in to work in the call centre since they're about 13. They always came in for their summers and their breaks, and we made them work. We're horrible people like that. But it's good for them. It's and uh, Really and, good. And so this year they were saying, well, can we do something new? And I was saying, well, look, you know, we'll solve, why don't we create a business and we'll solve a common problem? So we told them that the most frustrating thing around the place was things that wobble. So we sent them out. Now, this is where the story gets really interesting, right? The two of them, went, right, you're on. And within two days, they'd gone on to Microsoft 3D Builder, scoped out a little rubber with kind of uh, ridges yeah. on it, a little roundy rubber thing with ridges. That's what this is. Stop a wobble. And then 
within a week um, with my credit card, they had gone file print on Microsoft 3D Builder on their laptop. And at the back end of Microsoft's 3D Builder, well done, Microsoft, they have imaterialize.com, a 3D printer. And the product was delivered, a uh, prototype was delivered. And from there, we went to ser- more prototypes, more pr- prototypes. And eventually then we got a metal one. We turned the metal one into a silicon mould. And with that, then they made rubber moulds. Then I got them a little printer and they have been tipping away at this in between school and because they're now in fifth year um, and they've gone through fourth year and they're kind of busy. They've got to go skiing and do things like that. Oh, you yeah. know, as you do. As community, as community schools have to do these days. <laughs> Mind where you go then, skiing, though. Go on, go ahead there. And so uh, so they created the product and we got the uh, URL, the uh, www.stopawobble.com. And Virgin Media very kindly just ordered 200 of them of the kids and Mammy Production Line <laughs> stepped in and we branded it Virgin Media and now stopawobble.com is there and it's only on Facebook at the moment because they're kind of busy with schoolwork. Yeah. But I'm hoping that because we got paid, you know, that way. So it's about I <laughs> really interesting thing that we gave. We have a charity selected Suicide or Survive, uh, Caroline McGuigan, a wonderful charity because yeah. I wanted the kids to have CSR. And last week we donated 1500 quid to uh, Suicide Survive because we did a talk and brought Stopper Wobbles along and uh, and at the end of it they very kindly uh, wrote a cheque to a charity of choice and we, we gave it to Suicide Survive so this, the charity's got more than they have in the business but you know something we're on the right path we're what kind of showing them how to take from nothing to something story this Stop-a-wobble.com. is and so what's the names again tell me the names uh, Claudia and Mark well done to both so, uh, of you. Yeah. Because this is brilliant. It's sorted out our microphone on late lunch and it's going to sort out the corner stool of the table in my local <laughs> that drives everyone mad. And we have to put normally the beer mats under yes, them. Do you know what I mean? See, beer mats and napkins lead love. You can't be cruel to beer mats and napkins. You've got to use it. And these are washable. They're dishwasher proof. The kids make them themselves. They can be branded for a business. If you wanted LM, I'll make you, I'll get them to make you some oh, LMFM. Oh, isn't that fantastic? And we'll send them up to you. We'll make you your own stuff for Wobbles and we'll send them will up you? branded to you. I will, I promise. I'll put them in the post to you. Oh, you're give a star. A, give me a week to get them moving. No problem. You have all the time <laughs> so, you want. But on Enterprise Week, and this is Enterprise this is Week. exactly why I was It's lovely to mention and, and tell a story like this. But you, Nicola Byrne, you're an entrepreneur. You set up by yourself. And I want to say this to you, and this is acknowledged in this country. You are a wonderful supporter of people with ideas and new businesses. Absolutely, because it's the future. Like, for all the, the hardness we've come through, the people who have broken their backs, no matter whether they're employed or whether they've created a business, have got to give themselves a big hug and be kind to themselves. Because hard as it's been to get back to this point, it's only through a huge amount of pain and torture. And, you know, when we were here in 2011, the crash had happened. So those people like ourselves now are nearly 10 years older. And if you were 50 when that happened, it means you're 60 now. And so starting again isn't as easy. You're tired. You've been doing it for 60 years. But I get into taxis and the taxi man says, well, I tried to set up three businesses or I borrowed money and it failed and I paid the money back and I borrowed again and it failed again. And I'm thinking the resilience of this damn country. You know, enterprise is where it's at. We all want to try. And the enterprise boards and the system now is actually quite wonderful. Not perfect, can always be better. We can always find more money. But we're a tiny little insignificant country, kind of on the outside of Europe. And... What we've achieved, we haven't invaded anyone, sold slaves for anybody, raided their countries, plundered their wealth. We've had to earn it all by ourselves and we should be very proud of ourselves. We've had the opposite done to us. Absolutely. If truth be told. Yeah, we have indeed. The Children's Hospital, you were on the board 2013 to 2017. Look. It's wonderful. 
we're building a hospital. It is being built and, and we have to say that and it will be finished and will be complete. And 25, so we have an anomaly in this country and actually it's funny in the other half of the house I'm going to write an article on this this week but the uh, interesting thing about Ireland, the US and the UK is that 25% of our populations are under 18. It's, un, it's unheard of. Germany is 11% of their population under 18. So we are building a hospital for 25% of the whole population. Like 25%. So we have how many adult hospitals? I don't know, 20, 25, even private hospitals, yes. maybe 30. Yeah. If we chuck it all in, we're talking about building one hospital property and we're fighting about the price. And for 25%. And we're talking world class, best practice, beside the best hospital in the city in St. James's for its cancer and its expertise. And we're fighting about it. And we're fighting about parking. Like, and we're fighting that it's not on the M50. It can't be on the M50. 5,000 people extra on the M50 trying to get to work every day is a nightmare. James's and the planning and everything's in the right place at the right time for giving the best outcomes for those kids. Damn it, build it quicker. Spend more, double the price. <laughs> 25% of our population deserve it. I'm just going to tear up my notes here because I was going to say, but look, the overruns have been huge. Let it happen more. Get it built build quicker. It. That's build what you it. say. Because the, the, the overruns are going to keep happening if you keep fighting it and dragging it into, guess how much it takes to do a report? It's 300 grand every time someone goes, get a report on that. Another 300 grand. Oh, don't mention those I mean, reports those to me. Those mothers with kids, like I have a child with a special need Anybody who knows this is is like I've got a sister, I've got a, a son. You know, there's the system isn't built to give everything to everyone. But people who have special needs deserve more than anyone else. And people whose kids are sick deserve everything. Stop penny pinching. We'd give our right arm to give these kids the best help they get. There you have it. Uh, and th- you're listening to a lady who was on the board there from 2013 to 2017. Uh, I'll just throw in one thing for the poor parking meter people. Don't get me Could- going. <laughs> Could be a little easier on the old pocket. I better say that because I'll be lashed if I don't. You know what I mean? It's a diff- You know yourself when you have a person in there long term, it is costly and that's something that can be looked at. But I do agree with you. Build it. Get it done. Get it over. Let's have children in there that need the care. Absolutely. ASAP. How important in life to you or would you say to anybody from all you've learned in, in your time? And it's one thing that struck me about you. You're contact network how important is that to everybody it's huge because people is it that big is it really one of the top things it really is because you can talk to from private like the main thing everyone wants to be is heard nobody wants to feel like their ideas were stood on or squished or and the only way to get your ideas heard is to give it to as many people as possible one-on-one and to share your story with as many people as possible. And shouting into the ether and social media or picking on people, that's not sharing your story. Get, build a network. People are kind to people. Kindness and likability and people do care. People want to listen to a good story. People want to hear your story. People don't want to step on other people in general. Um, most of us want to help. Most of us want to fix it. And the frustration is some things just can't be fixed, but we can make them slightly less bad. And maybe that's the best we can do. Make things slightly less bad for as many people as possible. Sometimes there are no solutions. We can't stop the coronavirus killing people. We can't stop um, globalisation happening. There's those things we can't stop. But the things we can do is we can build a network. We can be kind to people. We can go out of our comfort zone. And sometimes we can just back down and find the middle ground. Just sometimes. You, you've come through your own challenge in, in the last 12 months Absolutely. health-wise. Yep. Had a hysterectomy and... Uh, it was tough? It was very tough. 
And the older you get, the harder it gets. I probably should have done it a lot, long time ago, but I didn't realise, you know, you are where you are. You make a decision and you think, oh, we'll kind of push it out there. But yeah, and it wasn't a full one. So I'm still got my hormones, but the menopause, I'm not recommending it to anyone. I'm stuck here with patches all over me. I'm like a disaster zone walking, but nobody warned Do me. you know of my second spring? Did you ever but, hear of them? No, I did. But mm. you know something? I It's like some people get a headache and other people get a migraine. <laughs> I'm at a full migraine multiplied right, by five. OK, OK. So, uh, Just thought came to I'm my not, mind. I know them well. If I get know. that far, I'll be back. OK, OK, OK. But look at your back. Near it. You, you're over and you're out exercising again. Yes. Doing your bits and pieces besides Keep work. Like the, the downtime, family. Family, family, family. Yeah, good, nice family network. Spent the weekend with my niece and Leeds and my parents and my brothers and my, all my siblings. We all, all the niece and nephews, we drove over to the UK, drove to Leeds and drove back again. Yeah, family's important. Listen, it's been too long. We're definitely been. not going to leave it this long again. And I'll see the... The better half, or the other oh, yes, half. I better not say the other half. The, the other, other half, half, Connor. Yeah, we we yeah, we'll talk about that half. down the road. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's an equal. Um, sorry, that was of. a slip. That was yeah, a slip. Yeah. A Freudian slip. Anyway, as always, Nicola Byrne, it is my pleasure to have Thanks, spent Jerry. the last wee while chatting to you on late lunch today. Thank you so much. A pleasure. That's the wonderful Nicola Byrne, inspiring, straight talking, and such a warm personality. On World Book Day, children's author Emma Conlon popped in to launch her new Vroomtown book. I never thought she'd be back with me this quickly on Late Lunch. You hear her giggling there in the background. Because Emer Conlon of Vroomtown fame was with me just before Christmas because then she launched book number five called The Adventure of Santa Claus and the Magic Truck Dust. Hey, you've caught us all by surprise. <laughs> I caught myself by surprise, Jerry. <laughs> You're launching this very day a brand new one. Brand new book for World Book Day. It's amazing. So book six. And actually, as you say, it's the second book in five months to be published. I mean, it's it's crazy times. However, it's very, very exciting. And what better day to have it on World Book Day? And what better place to officially launch it than here with you on The Late Lunch, Jerry? Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> that you're with us today and say those kind words. The name of the book, I will tell you, is called The Adventure of Vabis, The Scania Truck and The Sleeping Volcano. Mm-hmm. I love the title. It's intriguing. Now, there's a word in there, Scania. And this is very important in the context of this book. Tell us why. Absolutely. So last July, would you believe I contacted Scania in Sweden and Scania are one of the largest truck manufacturers in the world for people who don't know. And I also work in a Scania dealership. So I approached them to see would they be interested in maybe coming on board in terms of room town and and things like that. And anyway, in the, the upshot of it was that we decided, well, they suggested maybe of putting a Scania truck in one of the books and also being able to use the fact that this is a Scania official licensed product which is amazing which gives the whole book and Vroomtown an absolutely global uh, platform from which to promote and to sell hopefully and distribute it's just it's crazy so when I was actually writing the Christmas book I was also writing this book and um, getting it approved and stuff like that. So we've got a brand new character and quite rightly his name is Vabus the Scania Truck. He's actually called Vabus because years ago in 1911 uh, Scania teamed up with a company called Vabus in Sweden and they produced the Scania Trucks and it was called Scania Vabus. Um, But in 1968 they dropped the Vabus name 
and have remained Scania since. I liked the idea that it was a bit of a nod to the history of Scania by calling it Vabus and also children, as I've done many story times this week already of the new book, um, they just take Vabus as as a given. They just call him Vabus and there's no issue with the name or anything. So yay. I'm <laughs> sure Scania are delighted as well with your thought process to bring back, you know, their history as well and make it current. Absolutely. And they they really, really thought that the name was quite clever. And also they liked the fact when I did my pitch to them, they liked the fact that they were getting down to grassroots level to potential customers aged five, suppliers, staff. And also trucks get a bit of a bad reputation in terms of, you know, diesel and things like that and noise and, and everything. And we're kind of coming along with a softer approach to the book, to the trucks and things like that. And I just think now the children who get familiar with Vabus, the Scania truck and the sleeping volcano, will be looking at Scania's all the way down the motorways and everything. <laughs> it's great promotion uh, for them too. And they <laughs> love this new character that you've introduced, but all the usual suspects are there still. Oh, we've our usual suspects. We've terrible Terry calls and chaos and we've Sparkle and Nas. Oh, they're delighted. And they were delighted to meet Vabus, except obviously for terrible Terry. Mm. And in this book, it's about a sleeping volcano and just to give you a little hint, I can't give the end away, but terrible Terry wakes up the volcano. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. So, Watch this space. Get yes. this book. Turn the pages <laughs> for your young ones. What Again, I'll just ask you, you mentioned down to five years of age. What typically do you do you class as uh, readership for the Roomtown books, age-wise? Age-wise, I would say four to seven. And the two to two and four year or two and three year olds then just love the pictures and yes, just love the story. Yes, it's been so read younger kind of and four to seven, they absolutely adore them and they get right into them. But there's no overemphasizing this Scania thing because you're talking about a Swedish company that are worldwide. Yeah, the amount of people they employ, the amount of countries they're in. This is the shot in the arm you've been waiting for, isn't it? I know, Jerry. I feel like dancing right now, but um, <laughs> yes, it is. It really is, and you know. You've been with me through the whole journey Mm. um, and here we are now just on the cusp of something that can really promote it to a global level. And I've already been in touch with Scania South Africa and the to-do list includes Australia and New Zealand and Scania GB are also very interested in taking the books. So when you've got that type of interest in it and it's something very different, there's no... Scania have never... Um, had a licensed product of a children's book before. They've had a bit of merchandising in terms of clothing, T-shirts, but really never in terms of books. And the fact that it's encouraging people to read is also a good thing from social responsibility and community involvement as well. And I mean, the the opportunities in terms of Scania are limitless because for open days and launches, Emer can come along with her characters, <laughs> do the story times there. Globally, I'm, I would be open to invitations to, um, South Africa or Australia. You know, I'll uh, suffer. Tears are <laughs> falling as, as I speak. We'll never see her again. Oh, She's gone. To come with me. The four, oh, listen, I'm with you for sure. That's, that's a no-brainer. But here, look, here you are today on World Book Day launching this uh, wonderful book. And I want to tell listeners, this lady is an absolutely fantastic woman and such a commitment she has to her writing craft and the promotion of these books. I'll tell you, after she was here on Christmas, I was down at Scotch Hall one Saturday and guess who I bump into? But yes, the lovely Emer. Yes. And there you are on the ground selling your books. You were in the marshes the day after that in right. Dundalk. 
how important is that type of thing? You know, you know, for authors to get right down there and you're out there pushing yourself. Yes, it's very important, I think, and also necessity as well to try and promote your books to people who are literally passing by and children always come over to the stand because they're attracted by the, I have the little mini characters and I have a tablecloth that actually has the characters on them. But it's good to be seen to be involved and also chatting to people and so many actually it's, it was really funny this year in particular a lot of parents and carers came over to me and they were saying um, we're sick of room time because we have to read it every night we can't skip pages because they know the story and they try and do that and they said make the next one shorter and I said well I'm actually going to make it longer because that's what I like to hear so it was all really positive feedback to get from people and you know and children would come over and say oh you know who's your favourite character and they'd tell me and it's amazing but also to get out there is really good from a sales perspective mm. too. And you're also out, I know you're doing a reading in Dundalk Library this Saturday, but you're yep. a great woman for the libraries, the schools. It must be such a thrill for you to see your creations and the reaction, the eyes lighting up in the little ones. That is exactly it. That's why you write children's books, I think, is to get, to get the reaction from the children because otherwise you're just sitting at home writing a book and, and if you're, you're not out there telling the story and getting the reactions, as you say... And generally, children have no filters. So when we do our little questions and answer session after our story times, the the funniest one this week was, why does the sleeping volcano have eyes and a mouth? And it's the first time I've been asked the question. So sometimes you do have to kind of think on your feet. And of course, obviously, it's because everybody in Broomtown has eyes and mouth. They They didn't question why the trucks would have the eyes and mouth. They took that for granted, you know, so the query was on the volcano. But it's so amazing to get the reaction from the children. And then when they come up afterwards and they just like, I love that story. And they just love the characters. And when they're repeating back the characters that you thought of on your couch in your apartment in Dundalk, it's just amazing. It's so humbling. It's amazing. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) I'm just sitting here enthralled by it because I, I I know what you're saying and I see it in my granddaughter, Ava. I just see and she's a fan of Roomtown. Naturally, she'd have to be. She would. But you can't skip. You know what you said a moment ago? Oh, my God. You know, a night you might want to, you know, wind up a little quicker when you're <laughs> reading to them to go to sleep. Won't let you if you move on a page. Oh, back, yeah. You've missed something or there's no paraphrasing. Once they get it. Yes. And they love repetition, Ema. Love repetition. Absolutely. It's what they just have something about the repetition. And, you know, even I suppose the alliteration, the characters' names, they just love all of that. Can you tell the story again and again? And that's it. when I sometimes as well, when I'm doing the the sales stands at the marshes and in Scotch Hall and things like that, people have brought up books for me to sign and the more flicked through the book the, the, the parents are apologising for the state of the book and I'm going that is a compliment that's the greatest sign ever that's isn't it that's the greatest oh, yeah. sign ever if it was pristine you'd be like you never read this book ah. but I'll sign it anyway <laughs> you know you won't cut her you won't cut her remember no. I'm going to put you on the spot open the book read a little passage from that from the new one will you for us for our listeners please certainly will let me get a very dramatic piece I wasn't expecting piece. this by the way I, just, I wasn't thanks Louise go on ahead Terrible Terry was out of sight, but they could still hear the scraping and grating noise. The volcano suddenly opened its eyes. Now the sleeping volcano was a wide awake volcano. The trucks heard more rumbling and grumbling. It was getting louder and louder. The lava bubbled and gurgled its way to the top of the volcano and soon it would spill over. Oh my goodness, cried Sparkle. We can't seem to drive fast enough to escape. 
I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'm so excited. And look at the child in me leaping out of this body that's beaten and years old, and etc. Oh. I want you to read for children all over the place. Yeah. You just put such feeling and such... Uh, uh, gusto into that it, it's marvellous now Emer's staying with us we're taking a short break but guess what this wonderful lady on the day she launches her brand new book on late lunch from Broomtown called The Adventure of Vabis the Scania Truck and the Sleeping Volcano she's brought along a little gift for somebody in the audience this afternoon so how do you win a signed copy of this new Broomtown book here it is were you listening carefully a few moments ago Scania what is the home country of Scania, the truck people? Where did they come from? Where did it originate? We mentioned it, well, Emer did a couple of times. What are we looking for? The, a name of a country we're looking for. Answers, please, with your name and details. And remember, if you have children, small children, it's fantastic for them. Two years of age up to seven. You're the audience we're looking for. But listen, if you're 77, you'll enjoy these books <laughs> as well. I'm sure she heard Emer a, a minute ago. Answers, please, to 086 1800 658. 086 1800 658. The home country where it's from Scania and we'll pick some winners before Emer leaves today or maybe a little afterwards get the answers in as soon as you can with your name and details more from Emer Conlon after the break Bill Burns Yard is even busier today because there's a new truck in town he's called Vabis and yes today on World Book Day she's with us on late lunch the wonderful children's author Emer Conlon who launches the adventure of Vabis the Scania truck and the sleeping volcano where is this book and where will it be available? So the book is currently available in Row River Books uh, in Dundalk in Park Street and also in Monaghan in Fleming's Bookshop in Monaghan. Hopefully will always also be available in Eason's but it's just out today so in it, over the next couple of weeks hopefully we'll get that and also it's available on our website vroomtown.ie. So. And Easons have always been good to you as oh, well, and you, you can expect that it will be in the Easton change of uh, chain of shops. But do take uh, do check it out on Vroomtown.ie. You can pick it up there as well. Um, so the push now is to get this one out there and uh, and about the place. God, you came twice there with uh, two, haven't you? From late last year and this year as well. So the focus is this for now. But you did tell me last time there are many more stories in the can. There are many more stories. I, the stories actually are the easiest part for me I think they take you know once you get a little idea in your head they take probably 10 or 15 minutes mm. initially then you fine tune them and edit them and things like that but um, it's the promotion and getting it out there that's the t- that's the time consuming part of the whole procedure if you like but I suppose from my marketing background I do have some a few skills just to kind of promote it and get it out there, you know. So She's playing maybe. it down, folks. I promise you, she's playing it down. I say to you again, I've said it to you from the very beginning, the way they're presented, the way the books are produced. You have wonderful people producing the book. I have a terrific team. The Vroomtown p- team includes my illustrator, John McCormick, who's exceptional. Denise Kilroy-Toll in Monaghan. She's great typesetting and and helped with the logo as well initially and also I've got a great printer which is Winter's Printer print right here in Drogheda would you believe they print It's a marvellous job Mm. It's a marvellous job it really is and congratulations to everybody To everybody involved honestly and without them and them being pulling out all the stops for me you know and just really working as a team I 
they wouldn't ha- they wouldn't be the production that they currently are. You know, it's great to have such great support and a team around you. Six in the uh, in the can now for uh, <laughs> the brilliant Emer and more to come down the road. While we're here on World Book Day, I might as well ask you. I know you're busy with all the writing yourself and your own work, etc. Do you ever get time to read, or have you a favourite author or a memorable book? Well, I tell you, when I was younger, I don't know if I read a huge amount, but I Enid Blyton at the time was was. King, Queen, I should say, at the time. And, you know, the famous Five and the Secret Seven. And my sister would have, has still to this day, the whole collections of really? all of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She they are valuable. Great, are they? Yes, <gasps> to have the whole collection. Yeah. Tell her, mind them. I'll tell her I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, You're a rascal. The other, the other um, books from my childhood would be the likes of Beatrix Potter. And actually, I was looking for one of the books today before I came just to bring in the original, well, not the original, obviously, because it was just from about 10 years ago when I was younger. But the likes of, you know, all those Peter Rabbit and Jemima Puddleduck and all of those. It's the illustrations of those that I really liked at the time. But currently, I don't have a huge amount of time to read, but when I do, it would be thrillers. It'd be the likes of Harlan Coben that, that, you know... um, you would be page turning themselves and gripping me and I and I actually say oh I think it's going to be that guy or her you know and you as the story unfolds my jaw drops each time I read a book and some of them are quite similar but you never guess I never guess the the murderer or the story behind it they're great so Harlan Coben for me would be so thrillers and in particular that author I was thinking myself just to chip in mine on a children's basis the President series by Peter Donnelly. The President's Glasses, Cat and Surprise. Yeah. Areva loves those oh, as fun. well. And I, I think they're a, a wonderful concept. And and, and in terms of, of, of adult reading for myself, The Tattooist of Auschwitz. I must mention it again, Heather Morris. I had the pleasure of interviewing her last year. It's almost two years in the top five bestsellers in Ireland. That says a lot, you know. Amazing. About it. It's an amazing book. Yeah. If you haven't read it, I've said it here on a number of occasions. Get it, read it. It's tough reading. But by God, what a brilliant work it is. And one other one, Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. What a book. I read it on holidays last year. One to, to recommend as well on this World Book Day. But you're the one in focus today, Vroomtown. I'll say it again. If you'd like a signed copy of Emer's brand new book, The Adventure of Vabus, The Scania Truck and The Sleeping Volcano, the question today is this, Scania. Scania, the home country of Scania. What country in Europe are Scania synonymous with? Where did it all begin? That's the answer we're looking for. For a signed copy for a little one in your life, 086-1800-658. Text or WhatsApp us your answer now and we'll pick some winners before the end of the show. So next up for Emer Conlon is Dundalk Library this Dun- Saturday. Absolutely, Dundalk Library, 11am. And is it open season? Can Open I season, yes, come along. Get there probably five or ten minutes early because I think it's going to be quite busy. We've got um, a bit of a campaign going on social media. so And it's the first uh, story time in a library of this particular book. Brilliant. And we've got a five foot character of Vavis. Wow. So people can come along, get their photograph taken. Get with the down there with your little ones this Saturday. Emer, thank you so much for doing us the honour to be here with the launch of this brilliant Vroomtown new book on this World Book Day. Absolute pleasure, Jerry, as always. Thank you star. for joining me. The Adventure of Vavis the Scania truck and the sleeping volcano the new one from Emer one of our all time favourite authors 
And with Cheltenham on the horizon, local connections Pat Klusky and Simon Fagan are so looking forward to Darver Stars tilt at the champion hurdle. Well, next week, I have to tell you, all bets are off and all bets are on because Cheltenham is here. And please God, fingers crossed, all going well. It is going ahead at this point in time. And there's a huge interest in the wee county in the festival this year because of one animal. The horse's name is Darver Star, and two of the principals are with me today. The man who bred him and the man who has the Midas touch. Welcome to Late Lunch, Pat Klosky and Simon Fagan. You're both very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. You're very welcome to Late Lunch. Great to see you all again. Now, listen, I want to ask this first. This syndicate, SSP number 22 syndicate, will you explain the name, Simon? SSP 22 syndicate is uh, Simon Sean and Pat and uh, when Pat and Sean gave me the name in Odava style I was very keen to get the number 22 involved some way or another on it and uh, because if everyone knows it was the night that the 22 came out of the drum for the winning number in the lottery for you for me and uh, I said we'd have to get that in supper so we said we called the syndicate the number 22 syndicate well done to you and I was looking at the betting was there a 22 to 1 quote today I'm sure this horse is not 22 to 1 today no it's 10 to 1 I think in most firms (gasps) oh hey Pat there's a lot of money for him Uh, there is but uh, hopefully they're being paid out on Tuesday evening (laughs) is all I can say yeah because Uh, there's no time to wait you're on the uh, first day at Cheltenham the 3.30 race yeah which is brilliant you know because you don't have you're not knocking around and uh, getting nervous and everything like that and it's the third race of the day but it is an unbelievable experience to be gone over to run in one of the top two races at Cheltenham with a, a, a decent each way chance. Like, you bred know. this fella yourself We Pat. did, yes. Actually we fold him as well at did home. Did you? And I'd always say I fold him but actually the mother fold herself <laughs> because uh, uh, on the, the evening she was folding uh, we knew she was right on the point of falling, but I had to go to a thing that my youngest daughter, Blanath, was in. And I got a, a, a neighbour, Tony Morrissey, to come in and check the mare every half hour, and uh, which he did. And uh, when I was leaving the place at 11 o'clock, I rang him and he said, no, she's eating hay in the corner of the mare. And... Uh, uh, when I came home in 10 minutes, she was still eating hay in the corner. So I went in for a cup of tea. And when I came back out about 10 or 12 minutes later, there was a foal half the size of herself standing up. She was still down. And I looked round to see, did anyone throw a foal in for her? And that was the start of our start. What a start in life. And how many years ago was that now? That is... Uh, It'll be eight. Eight, eight yeah. years ago eight at this years stage. Ago, yeah. Did you see, you, you know the breeding of the horse yes, anyway, yeah, but yeah. What, what did you think? What was your feelings? Did you ever feel that this horse would attain this status? No, well, you're always hoping. And the breed was always a good breed. We bought the original, uh, and it's. It, I always feel we're getting very old when we're talking about it. His great granddam I bought off a man called Paul Larkin. It was bred by a man called Gus O'Brien and Richie Walsh strained it. And it, she was a top point-to-point mare in Ireland in 1991. And uh, she was a really tough, tough mare and I'd often think that this fella, some of the toughness that's in him, that he gets it directly from her, like, do you know? 
The next one was uh, she had a, a filly foal called Neat Native Sky, and uh, one of she won one. Uh, Noel Mead trained her and she was placed five times but the placings was all in good company and uh, then uh, what do you call it we went on and she, one of her uh, filly foals uh, she actually did attending as a young horse in the field and uh, we had a breed from her now she had a half brother called Sky Hall who was the last time we were in Cheltenham and uh, what do you call it uh, that was for the La, uh, the tie up was and uh, she bred uh, uh, onto Darverstone. Okay, yeah. so that's the, that's, that's the, that's line. the lineage oh, right God. there. And, and yeah. you've been there all the way. We have, yeah. Oh, isn't that yeah. terrific? <laughs> yeah. Simon, uh, how do you come to be involved in, in this well, group? Uh, part would have been a family friend coming to the house with my father and uncles and that going about for years and years and they played soccer together and they would have went to bed together so if we all and we all would have walked over a path in summer times in the farm and that and stuff like that years over the road so um kind of stuff like that so we knew him all our life and we used to have a, have a soccer team going in Manfred's and we well known in the Winter League in the dark we've done quite well in it mm. but Pat, we, we we took over from Pattis to say what his team's going on and we used to um, market pitches and we had in the yard and stuff like that for him and we do the marking so they got to know him so when I came into me fortune as to say he came over and asked me it was the best move if Harry does ever done out of everything. We were looking for an investor. <laughs> so he came in the And life. he was ripe. <laughs> <laughs> but never thinking that yes. never thinking that if we won a race or two and we'd with him in the lake, like we were up and down the country all all this summer, last summer and we've like it's gone it's mad now, like to think that we're going to Cheltenham and she was I'm delighted because yeah. in, involved with Every way of the football and everything else, and actually, that, to get a chance for allowed to go be represented, it's good, you know. Yes, actually, I was saying to Simon, we were coming up in the car the evening I went over to see him, and I was saying, Look, if you don't expect anything from this, uh, and we get any wee bit of luck, maybe win a race or two, you're going to have the best crack you ever had. And uh, as it turned out, it has been the most unbelievable crack we've ever had. <laughs> Yeah. And here's the thing to say, mm, like, mm. a year ago, mm. Wexford, you were down the field a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's only 12 months ago. Mm. Wow. Yeah. What what have you done to this horse? Because well, it's gone winning and winning since. Well, you'll have to ask Gavin that. <laughs> Gavin Crummel, Gavin Crummel is, has, the, has, the, has the message there. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's been in a remarkable yeah. run, hasn't it? Gavin, has, uh, we won in Wexford. Yeah. And then... We ran a shade flat, we thought, in Fairy House and we took him home and gave him a break in our place for about six weeks. And when he went back in, he came out pr probably two months after that, Simon, wasn't it? Yeah. And we ran in down, or in down Patrick in, in a rated race, a decent race. And uh, from it was the first time, I'd say, that we all realised we had a really decent horse in yeah. our hands. Because... He was going, they were going lickety spit from the third last and he threw a tremendous leap at the last and just cruised up the hill and uh, we couldn't believe what we were watching. Lickety <laughs> spit. Lickety spit. I mean, you weren't on the show today. I'm putting that one down on the notes here. I love that turn of phrase. How many has he won now? Uh, he has won uh, five. Five. 
Five wins. Yeah. And and the big news, of course, mm. was uh, just a few weeks back, the Irish champion hurdle, second to Honeysuckle. Yeah, yeah. yeah that really yeah. showed yeah. No, the, the, the first time we went in a grade one was in Fairy House in the Royal Bond. Right. On the 1st of... Um, December. Right. And uh, like we were certainly a bit nervous. Uh, Simon was saying to me after <laughs> the race and we finished third and he, or he said to me, geez, that's great. He said, all I was afraid we trail in 10th or 11th. Last. But he got caught in a wee bit of a tangle. Mm. He was tightened for space going to the second last. And uh, no, I don't think we'd have bet the winner Envoy Allen. But uh, we'd have definitely given him uh, a race of it. So you knew that day, yeah, that given we, the circumstances of the race. Yeah, we had a horse. Yeah, you had a horse. horse yeah. How important is Jonathan Moore, the the, the regular pilot? Well, he's the, he's the man that does the steer, <laughs> and he's the man that has to take the decisions. Uh, and he's done a great job so far. Mm. Uh, not so he's done a great job, and Jonathan's yeah. a decent jockey, like mm. you know. Mm. And I'm delighted for him because it's a great start for him in the early part of his career. You know, red and white stars, Darver star. Tell us about the name. Well, they, that was named. Uh, we, we we wanted to uh, pick a name. I was given the name, as we said, for uh, Darver star. Like, so, uh, we were thinking of just stuff that was around our area, and it, it was a soccer team with uh, one fella called Jack McGuinness. Uh, he would have been in, in, in competition with, with Memphis in, in, the, in that time and some played there and some played in Davos okay. about a mile away from each so other So it was a football team? Football yes. team and uh, we, we just came up with the name of it and I thought the name sounded well Davos Davos so we gave it a rank power and we said yeah, that was great we we go with it and see can we get a name that and we did it's caught everyone's imagination the name it's gone like it's, we look at the, the racing post. Yeah, you have massive feature in the post today, today. All about you guys. And it's gone. Uh, it's gone crazy. All the papers rocking. It's been on all week. You mm. know, like so. Red and white stars, yeah. the loud colours. Yeah. Simon, will you just tell me when you're here today? I, what's going on with loud football? Well, first of all, with loud football, and I have my chance here. Uh, loud that I pick a house. Yes. March Madness. Get your ticket. <laughs> It's going to solve everything. <laughs> it's going to solve everything. You have I'll, a tell chance you, of I'll, I'll tell you one thing, one trust me, you were on the ball to get over the Datfula first when he <laughs> had the bit of luck. You can't only win one house, you can win two. And it's called March Madness. <laughs> I thought you were the salesman. No, he is. And also, you can win £5,000 if you buy your ticket in the month of March. <laughs> on now, the 31st. No, no, so I had to get that no, in. So listen, you're welcome to get it in. And we're, we're supporting it all yeah, the way yeah, here on yeah. LMFM Radio. Mm, mm. But let's get serious here. Mm. Not a win this year for the team in the league and it looks like they're going to end up empty-handed at the end of the year. Look, everyone can sit and give out a bit loud football. It's been done. That's not going to solve anything. We want positivities. That's all we're looking for. We had uh, six players, for some reason, couldn't uh, take the place this year. Any county team that loses them would have been in the same position. We were kicking the ball from Division 2. There's only one way up from now and we got our new grounds in two years' time and it's not quite solve everything, but it's a it's a, it's a goal. And it's amazing that, like, if you get two or three wins on a row, like uh, the first couple of losses this year, they just were very close. The and, and it's like everything else. It's nearly like the horse. When you get on a roll, it just seems to keep going. Like do you know, and when it goes the other way, <laughs> it's very hard to stop it. Be times. So, so if you haven't got your ticket, make sure you get. It. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come back to this horse because yeah. I was just having a look, a cursory look at the declared field for yeah, uh, yeah. the big race, the champion yeah. hurdle next week. And I did mention Honeysuckle there, yeah. who, who you've seen yourself and, yeah. and, and just been a little bit behind. But when you, when, when you look, do you ever look at the rest of the field? You know, you look at Willie Mullins there, yeah. you know what I mean, with a number of... Well, no, I'll tell you. With this, they're saying it's not as strong a champion hurl as other years. But let me assure you, it's the champion hurl, and you win nothing easy. It's like in football, you often hear people saying, "Oh, when the two top teams meet in a semi-final," and they say, "Oh, this is the final." It is not the final, and no matter who turns up on the day, it will be very, very tough. Like you know, but all I'd be concerned about, and well, hopeful of, that we are in as good a form as we possibly can be and that we get the breaks on the day. And after that, we can't complain, do you know? Gavin Crummel is talking him up, you know, because yeah. he had the winner, Gavin, yeah, last, last year, year yeah. of the same race. Grace, He's gone yeah. for two in a row, row here. Oh, hopefully he gets it. <laughs> <laughs> but he, is, he's, he says this horse has really come on in yeah. leaps and bounds. Yeah, he has. It, like... When we won the first race in, uh, it was really when we won in Wexford. Yeah. Now, when we won in Wexford, uh, the handicapper, fair play to him, gave us £13. Now, we had a very good race and weight the first day we won in hindsight. But he gave him £13 of a rise and Gavin was very annoyed about this. So and Explain that for non-racing yeah. people. When, when you win a race, you get £7 of a penalty. And instead of giving him seven pound, he gave him thirteen, which was nearly, nearly double. Double, yes. And um, why he felt he was that good? Yeah, he felt that it was such an impressive performance, and uh, he was uh, picking, uh, pulling him up. So anyway, I was saying this is the end of us. And then when we won in uh, uh, what do you call it in Downpatrick, he gave us fourteen pound. And I was saying that's definitely the end of us. And we went down to, wasn't it, Killarney, the mm. next one. And uh, I was expecting him because I think it was a horse of Jessica's, Conron, was coming to, uh, to us at the second last. And I said, oh, no, we'll do well to be placed. And he just runs away from him again. And for that, we got, I think, 10 or 11 pounds. This horse and will not be able to move shortly. Yeah. But that's why we stepped up to grade one. Because they all carried the same. I see. Yeah, there was so no. That's there was the no, difference. Pat. That is the difference. So at grade one, one there yeah. is no handicap. So as what I was saying about with Simon when we were talking about it before the race, uh, when we went in, you just didn't know how you were going to fare, and we were able to compete, no problem. Well, I won't say no problem, but we were able to compete anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, listeners are all dying for me to ask this big question today: Is he going to win? Don't put him in the spot. Come on. He he foaled the horse and has been the whole way with previous generations. No, no, what do say, you feel? I'd love to say the horse would win. Of course, we'd love to see the Avastar win. But realistically, it's a race. Not easy. If we get a place, we're delighted. And we think we have a, a realistic chance of winning. So in each way? Each, each way, yeah, yeah. yeah, a bit each way. But no one go mad. People were asking me after every win, will I back him? Uh, the next race, like, do you know? And I kept saying, uh, did you back him the last time? And they said, I did. We'll put the quarter of it back on again. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Jerry, we, we've, we've had an unbelievable uh, week going around. Like, it's, it's been amazing. Mm. We're, we're, going, we're, we're, on, we're on the go since Monday morning <laughs> in and out of different places. 
We're really enjoying it. Like, I, I haven't got such a bad crack since the Joes in 2006, really. Winning and the championship. In, like in Dava, Dramiskin, yeah. Stavanen. Yeah. Since the first day of December, when mm. we were running the Royal Band, between Dava, Dramiskin, Stavanen, mm. living over outside. No, no. And everywhere. Everybody is on. It's given everybody a real kick. Yeah. When is Davos out? Is he going to Chatham? Is he going to run? What price is he? Is he able to run? Did he come back fit? Oh, he mightn't be doing this and that. So look, at it's just everybody. Isn't it a great lift for a community yeah. and people? A- Andy, Andy Warhol, I think it was, that said, won't him, everyone deserves 15 minutes of fame. Well, we've got a lot of 15 <laughs> minutes of fame with this horse. <laughs> and I just hope and pray we oh. get one last 15 minutes. Oh, come on. We're yeah. all we're all yeah. behind you, you know, yeah, on yeah. this one. By the way, just before we finish, talk about getting round. Uh, yeah. I never see your face off the television when snooker's on. <laughs> you get. I saw you and in the audience I've got twice one, recently. I've me two dreams this week. I yeah. got, uh, I got my uh, tickets for the World Snooker Finals yesterday. Did you? And I was been waiting for them. And uh, thanks to the World Snooker and uh, a girl called Don over in England who looks after that for me. And got the phone call yesterday afternoon. And all tickets got for Sheffield on the 22nd of April. Wow. So that's another... another uh, You're a great man. Down. And you told me that before. Yeah. We've met several times about your love of the game of snooker as well. But it's, there's nothing to beat, Pat. And, and I say it to you as well, Simon. And I want to mention the third wheel in this because he's not with us today. We better give him a shout out to Sean Fanning yeah. as well. We say hello to Sean. Sean, Sean has been with me for the last 15 years with the horses. A great man. And I have to even say with regard to Simon and Sean, when we were injured... And I remember saying, and we, we had a serious enough injury, what were we going to do? And both men said, look, we can't throw in the towel. And thank God we didn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're a great team. Yeah. There's three spokes to the wheel and I have two of them here at me today. May I just wish you both all the very best. All three of you, mm. the trainer, Gavin Cromwell, mm. the jockey as well, mm. all the very best yeah. for next Tuesday. Can I just say uh, one other thing? Uh, everybody knows about this horse. and we even know about him in London? Liverpool and Manchester and there's an awful lot of people that know but uh, I have a cousin uh, over in Manchester I just want to say hello to him Jared Fagan and say hello to his uh, my auntie Mary who's just in hospital at the moment and I hope she's well soon Good man Simon. Can I just say what yes. and I hope me 98 year old mother is listening to this What's her name Pat? Maura Maura hmm. 98 years young Get the money on Mara. Get the money on next Tuesday and the years will fall away for sure. And the pockets will fill. You're great fellas. Listen, thank you so much for dropping in. We'll wish you all the way next week. And let's hope Darver Star does the business for the wee county in Ireland. For the moment, we'll talk again. Simon Fagan and Pat Klusky, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Fingers crossed for the boys and Darver Star. That's it for now, but do check out our weekly featured interviews and join us each afternoon for your late lunch from 1.30. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.